All right, welcome back to another episode of the Sex Mancers Podcast. It's the first episode of the new year, the first new episode of the decade. And while I could go back and reflect on the last decade, the last year, and my hope and optimism going forward, I'm sure by now you're already sick of that. It doesn't take very long to get sick of all the New Year's hype and all the New Year's optimism before you know you realize that it's just another day. It's just another year. But then again, it doesn't have to be, right? You can choose to make this the best year of your marriage, the best decade of your marriage, or the best decade of your relationship if you're still dating or you're just engaged at this particular point in time. Now, I wanted to go uh, through here and, you know, because something uh, was reminding me of an episode that I had published a long time ago. And while some of you, you know, new listeners may not have gone back through the archives and listened to every single episode that I've published up to this point, not everybody does that. So I will recant some of that while going through with what I was reminded of now. You know, the difference between, you know, sex and, you know, relationships before marriage, you know, back in your teenage years and early 20s, and what it's like after you have a few years of marriage under your belt or a decade uh, of marriage under your belt, along with a few kids, right? So let me go through and open it with this, because this is what reminded me about the difference. So it wasn't that long ago, uh, just, well, it was just last week. You know, my wife, uh, she had gotten home uh, from work and, well, she was horny. And, you know, apparently uh, she was horny the night before, but, you know, was just really, really tired. Right. So here it was, uh, you know, sitting on the couch watching a movie, you know, and our youngest child, which, you know, <laughs> has his own set of challenges and working out, you know, maintaining a healthy sex life, uh, considering how he never goes to bed, um, you know, stays up late. Then when we put him uh, to bed, he gets up, you know, and all, at all hours of the night, you know, crawls into our bed and then, you know, rolls around, kicks us. I've had a foot to the face uh, on a numerous uh, occasions and have to get up to put him back into his bed several times a night. So, you know, there are times when, well, we get uh, pretty, shall we say, tired and worn down uh, by him. But in this particular case, you know, the night before she wanted to, but she was just too tired, so she went to bed. Tonight, or on this particular night, she was determined to, right, because she wasn't going to go another day without sex. She was just that you know, unbelievably horny, you know, which is great for me because when she is, man, it is the best time when she is really just into the mood. So here it was, I was watching a movie, you know, just kind of going back and rewatching all of the uh, Marvel movies uh, in order, you know, to go through, you know, the exact timeline because when they came out in the theater, they came out out of chronological order. You know, so I'm watching it all in chronological order. Our son, you know, is there, you know, uh, on the chair, you know, and he's watching it, trying to fight going to sleep, you know, as well. 
Well, the chair is in front of the couch, you know, with the way we have things, you know, laid out. You know, there's a couch on one wall, couch on another wall, and then a chair. You know, so I was on the couch on the back wall. And so what does she do? She comes and she sits down right beside me, you know, starts cuddling a little bit. And then her hands start to roam around. Well, you can imagine where her hands were roaming around. So she went through and she started grabbing my crotch. Now, the movie had a long ways to go. I mean, I was only about 20 minutes into the movie. But she knew by, you know, making it clear what her intentions were that she would get my attention and that as into the movies as I am, I will immediately start ignoring the TV and pay attention to her. So we started going through and teasing each other, you know, on the couch, you know, doing a little making out. You know, it felt kind of naughty because we had a, a child, you know, in the room while she was rubbing me. And then I started rubbing her, you know, cradling her breasts and, you know, making uh, my way down, you know, uh, you know, to her clit and, you know, rubbing uh, her pussy lips and, you know, all of that good stuff. Well, there after a while. Right, of us teasing each other up and really getting in the mood, we finally realized that our son fell asleep in the chair. Right now, he hasn't been asleep long enough at this point where we could safely move him to his bed without him waking up and then forcing us to wait a very long time. Now, don't worry, there is a huge point uh, to this story here, uh, and I will get to it in just a moment. So, realizing that, we decided, you know what, we're not going to wait to move him. We're not going to wait, you know, yada, yada, yada. We're just going to go ahead and go into the back bedroom, right? So, we go into the back bedroom, and we start, you know, we got the foreplay going. We're getting undressed and all of that, you know. She's naked on the bed, and I'm kissing her, you know, starting from her lips, making my way down past her breasts, and then finally I start going down on her. And she's enjoying it, right, as she always does. She's, you know, at the point where she can almost not handle it anymore without getting off. I mean, her hands are gripped tightly, you know, behind my head and all of that. Then all of a sudden, we hear a big thud, right? And it scares the heck out of us. We stop, and then we realize that child of ours that we left sleeping in the chair, the one who moves around a lot at night while he's sleeping, moved around so much he fell out of the chair. And what do we do? Well, we don't go running. No, no, no. We just get really silent, waiting to see whether or not you know he woke himself up and if he's going to cry, or if he's so passed out of sleep. You know, it didn't even phase him, and he'll stay asleep. So we're there, quiet, you know, and we're wondering if our night is about to be ruined, and we're both going to be, you know, two horny parents suffering of sexual frustration because a child fell out of the chair and onto the floor while asleep. Well, after much anticipation, Turned out, he stayed asleep, right? He stayed asleep. And so, we decided, eh, you know, whatever. We'll just continue on. So, I go back, you know, to eating her out. And, 
you know, going through getting her revved up again, and then we have sex, and she has a great and very fulfilling orgasm. So all of this is to say that just because you're married doesn't mean that there's going to be failures in sex or distractions during sex or things that can ruin sex for you. What it does mean is the things that causes, you know, fails during sex are a little bit different than from before you're married with children. And, you know, when you take a look at it, and this is what really kind of got to me, is that the things that, you know, early on in your marriage or early on in your relationship that would have been a complete mood killer, you don't even really think about too much anymore. You're just like, yeah, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. I am not going to suffer like this any longer. I need that orgasm, right? And so you'll go through and continue on with sex and go through with things that years ago would have been a complete mood killer and left you in a pretty, you know, horrible, bitchy mood uh, the next day. But, you know, take a look at this as compared to maybe some of the sex failures that you have early on in your relationship, especially teenagers. Because, you know, as I go through and I talk about, you know, how great sex is now, how fulfilled uh, my wife is sexually, and how she is able to get off, how she fulfills me you know, sexually as well, and how that works into creating a better relationship, not only in the bedroom, but out of the bedroom as we communicate more and do a lot more stuff together. It's nice to go back and remember where I started. You know, back when I was a teenager and completely clueless, right? And I'm revisiting why why I may have uh, been in some you know, pretty hysterical situations at some times, you know, and, you know, I had a plenty of uh, sex failures. And what the difference is, you know, between then and how it is now. Now, maybe as a teenager, maybe one of the reasons why I had multiple failures uh, at sex was because of the first time, you know, how the first time uh, went for me. Then when I lost my virginity, when I lost my V card or however it is you want to say it, because it had nothing to do with romance. It had nothing to do with love and it had nothing to do with attraction. You know, I was, you know, with somebody who was a friend of mine uh, at the time. And, you know, for the most part, it was platonic. You know, there was a few moments here and there where it seemed like things uh, were going to heat up and whatever, but she was in a relationship. And then she went away uh, for the summer as she enlisted in the military and she went through basic training, you know, and this was still while we were in high school. Well, when she got back uh, from basic training, she got back, you know, er a little early to surprise her boyfriend, only to find him in bed with another woman. You know, and so she came, you know, crying to me about it, talking to me and all of that. And that's when things started to get, you know, a little heated up uh, between us. You know, uh, because think about it, she just went three months without sex. She is horny as hell, and yet at the same time, she is emotionally distraught because her boyfriend, well, he was cheating on her while she was away. You know, and so what ended up happening is nothing happened now that particular night, but she decided, you know, she's going to go ahead and get revenge sex. And so it was a situation in which, 
you know, she was looking for revenge, and, well, you know, I was a guy looking for my first score. You know, what the hell? You know, and so we went through and, you know, planned, you know, uh, the day that it was going to happen, and it was going to happen in the backseat of my car on a level B maintenance gravel road. You know, uh, the type of road that not too many people travel on, right? So we get there, and, you know, I'm pretty excited, and I'm wanting to go through and just rip her clothes off, stick it in, and have at it. But she made sure, you know, to try and keep it, you know, to the point where it slowed down because she had plenty of experience. You know, and so she was keeping it at a nice, slow, uh, regular-like pace, you know, going through, making sure that, you know, we enjoy each uh, particular step, although I was still uh, trying to rush it. You know, in any event, during that first time, you know, I didn't really have to do anything. You know, I just sat there, you know, in the back seat. She got on top, you know, and rode me. Now, now she rode me uh, for quite some time. You know, um, at first, you know, round one probably didn't last, you know, uh, too long. And then, you know, while I was waiting uh, to recover because I did not want that to be the end. I mean, it was my first time. What the hell? You know, and so I decided I was going to try and, you know, be a little smooth, right? And during intermission, I decided I was going to try and go down and eat her out. Well, she went through uh, to stop me, and you know, because apparently uh, it's a bad idea to try and eat out in the middle of sex. Now, now, of course, you know, those of you, you know, who are married are like, oh, you know what? I've gone ahead and I've done, and I, you know, you know, as long as you haven't come yet, right? Maybe sometimes you're going so long, you get over teased, you need a little break, you know, you haven't blown your load yet, so you decide, you know, okay, yeah, when we get back into it, I'll get her warmed up a little bit. But there's a difference between, you know, uh, doing that when you're going uh, bareback and when you're using a condom, because a condom is going to completely change the taste uh, of that during intermission and all of that. And so she went through, she stopped me, I got to enjoy being on top for a little bit. And then she went back uh, on top. Now, I was a very energetic person uh, my first time, you know, um, and we went, you know, at it for about, you know, three, four hours. You know, (laughs) I just kept on saying, yeah, come on, you're getting close, you're getting close. God, I did not want that to end, right? But, you know, I had made, you know, uh, some mistakes, you know, along the way. I, you know, I went through and I rushed it there. Wasn't really a whole lot of communication leading up to it. I guess she just thought, you know, she would lead the way and I would follow. And I just thought, God damn, I need to hurry up before, um, you know, before she changes her mind, you know, or something. But after that, things kind of went downhill uh, for me as, you know, the women that I was with expected that just because I'm a guy and that I'm no longer a virgin that I should have a clue what the hell I'm doing. You know, and so the second time uh, that I went through uh, to have sex, you know, there was no communication, you know, uh, up front, you know, uh, beforehand, no no real communication during. You know, it wasn't even planned out. It was just kind of a spontaneous spur of the moment type of thing. You know, and I had this pickup truck and the bed in the back of the truck was carpeted and there was a topper. The problem is, well, twofold, but. The first problem was it was wintertime. Wintertime in the state of Iowa, which means it gets to about negative 10, negative 20, and we're going to be in the back 
of a truck, yeah, we have a topper, so you know our heat, our body heat, and all that will warm it up a little bit. But it's going to be cold at the beginning. It's going to be cold, you know, at that. And yet we thought, you know, we could go through and you know bear the cold. You know, well, I'm not sure if you realize what negative 10, negative 15, or negative 20 degree weather does to a guy, but I sure as hell wasn't presenting any type of uh, dick that was going through and resembling what you would see in a porno. No, 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 no. So, you know, that goes through, and, you know, luckily the women uh, here in Iowa understand that if you're, you know, in the dead of winter and you're trying to get away with it outside, and something that doesn't have its own heating and that you have to use your body heat to warm up, they understand that, you know, if they have experience, they understand, you know, that, you know, it's going to take a while for you to get to full potential in the wintertime, right? So in any event, we go through and, you know, I decide, yes, this is going to be my first time being able to go down on a woman. Right, so I start going down on her, and apparently I wasn't performing all that well because, well, she didn't want want it uh, to continue very long before she decided, no, 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 I'll just take charge because, well, she was experienced, far more experienced than I was. This is my second time, and she had been with men and women alike. So she gets on top, and you know, here's where the failure starts, and that is, I wasn't. Spatially aware of my surroundings, right? And because I, I've never had to, you know, uh, be concerned about this before. So, you know, here it is. I'm laying down, and I'm a little bit too close uh, to the, you know, top of the bed, which is, you know, cl- you know that spot, you know, just before the cab, right? And so I- I'm there, and she gets on top, and she starts teasing, and then all of a sudden she. You know, it sits right on it and starts rocking. Well, as she was rocking, what was happening? Well, I wasn't all that spatially aware when I decided to pick my spot, and my head started banging up uh, against the head of the truck. You know, every time, you know, she would, you know, rock her pelvis forward, my head would hit off the thing. Uh, it was starting to hurt, you know, quite a bit. I mean, at first I tried to think, okay, I, I will bear with it, but as I could See the pain causing me to lose a little bit of enthusiasm down there? You know, uh, I decided, oh, you know what? I'm going to communicate with her, right? I may have chosen my words wrong, right? I, 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 I may, you know, have said it uh, the wrong way because I said, hey, I need you to get off, right? Just get off, right? And then she did, and she got all offended. You know, uh, because apparently I was rude. But then again, I was hurting. My head was hurting. And then I scooted down and I go, okay, now you can get back on. Well, apparently she wasn't very understanding, you know, about that. Or maybe, you know, I worded it worse uh, than I initially thought or remembered. You know, uh, but she wasn't, um, you know, in any particular mood to keep going. And so here it was, you know. Oh, left sexually frustrated and all that, and she just decided she was going to get dressed and go. Oh, man. You know, better communication uh, would have been uh, helpful there if I had just said, hey, you know what? Uh, my head is banging off here. Can we scooch down just a little bit? Now, that probably would have been the best way to go. You know, 
But, you know, I, I had my way of communicating, and I wasn't considering her way of communicating. Okay, and then one other failure here, you know, was expecting that women with experience knew what they were doing, right? And so here it is, I was in a tent, and, you know, in my own backyard, and I had a couple of girls sleeping over. And they decided that they wanted to have sex. Now, there was no indication, you know, before then. One of them had been a friend of mine, you know, for quite some time. You know, and there was no indication of any sexual interest uh, or desire or anything other than uh, platonic uh, between us. And, you know, I knew that she was, you know, sexually active and, you know, had plenty of experience and all of that. You know, and she just decided, hey, do you, you know, to ask me, hey, do you want to have sex? Well, when she asked that, I was half asleep, but, you know, I was like, okay, I'm up, I'm up, yep, 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 I'm fine with that. You know, and so we start going, and, you know, here's where I start uh, running into a little failure, is that, you know, this is my first time doing it with absolutely no lights, Right. And so I'm trying to fumble my way and uh, complete and near complete and total darkness, not able to see what the hell I was doing. And therefore, you know, um, and guys know uh, when you're wearing a condom, it deadens the feeling so much that you can't tell really what hole that you're, you're trying to go into. And so my first attempt, I tried to go in uh, the wrong hole. Uh, you know, I mean, what the hell? You know, it was dark. I couldn't see. I just thought. Well, that seems about right. You know, whatever. You know, I couldn't, you know, the damn condoms. You know, well, that didn't, uh, you know, tend to, you know, be, uh, you know, up her alley. Uh, that wasn't something she liked. And she made sure to, you know, take note right away to nip that in the butt. So anyways, after fumbling around, I finally got it in. I just had to readjust her legs in order to, you know, be able to you know, get maybe just enough light after my eyes adjust to figure it out. Well, eventually, we decided, you know, to switch places, let her get on top, right? Well, this is where, you know, I realized that I can't make assumptions about anything because there she goes. Uh, she uh, gets on top, you know, slides right down on me. Now, this is a girl that had, you know, a experience, you know, uh, up the wazoo, and yet she looked at me. After she got up there and looked at me and asked me, now what do I do? Right? Ask me, now what do I do? It's like, I don't know how to explain it to you. The only time uh, that girls have been on top, you know, previously, they already knew what they were doing. I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to explain it to her. I don't have that, you know, experience or perspective. And I, I just thought she knew what she was doing. But apparently, her previous experience had always been on bottom or on bottom or doggy, you know, she didn't have any experience on top as she had never taken control before and had always been the one being dominated. You know, and, you know, this kind of, you know, killed the mood uh, a little bit more. And so it was just kind of like, okay, you know what, I'm done, you know. And so I moved over to her friend because the deal was that if I had sex with her, I had to have sex with her friend who was also in the tent. Oh, my God, that was the most annoying fuck I ever had. You know, first she decided she was going to dress unslowly under the blanket as if that was a tease. It's like, no, that is actually uh, an annoyance. You know, and then she had this thing about, don't look, don't look. I mean, 
the entire time. You know, she was going, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't stop, don't look. You know, and it's like, wow, I'm supposed to, okay, I have a condom. I can't really feel anything. You know, I can't fit, you know, feel exactly, you know, if I'm right over the hole or not. You're telling me I can't look and you want me to do this successfully? What the hell? Right? And this is somebody who had experience, but apparently she had body issues. You know, and the whole night ended up being, you know, pretty much a failure. I mean, it was just one disaster after another. You know, one, you know, who didn't know how to be on top and, you know, the lighting, not being able to see anything and the condom not being able to feel much and then the constant, you know, shouting, don't look. And oh, but, and that's when I realized that just because you have lots of experience or just because a woman has lots of experience doesn't really mean she knows what she's doing and it doesn't mean she's really all that good at it. But yet, as teenagers... Right? As teenagers, where you're more likely to have a bunch of one-night stands and all of that, you don't really communicate a whole lot about sex with the people you're about to have sex with up front. You know, Each one of you just kind of expects that the other one knows what they're doing and that just because the other one has had sex or had a number of sex that you thought was plenty uh, out there, you just assume that the other person knows what they're doing, and that you're going to be able to muddle your way through it. You know, each one of you thinks that you're going to be able to fake it. And that's what leads to a bunch of disastrous sex stories that, while hilarious, you know, gets the whole, you know, uh, bad reputation of women talking about, oh, this guy sucked at sex, he's horrible, he is selfish in bed, and men going off and talking about, man, you know, she was just a lazy fuck. You know, she was, you know, dead wood. You know, she didn't, you know, I thought it would be great and it was just a, you know, bad experience, horrible. She, you know, is not worth the effort. You know, each one of you is bashing the other, you know, in high school and as a teenager, you know, and all of that because you don't have the confidence to communicate about sex up front. Now, let's face it, if it's a one-night stand and you don't really plan on, you know, having uh, many encounters uh, together, you know, you know, sex is more spontaneous and therefore you don't spend a whole lot of time talking about it. But then you get into a longer-term relationship and you start having sex with the same person repeatedly and things start to change. Sex gets better. And when you first start, maybe the sexual chemistry isn't there, but the sexual chemistry develops as you go because you become more comfortable with each other. And here's why. Why is it that after you've been in a long-term relationship and you've been through several years of marriage that sex just gets better? Well, you know, we could argue as to the reason why that Maybe after, you know, your spouse has seen you nine months pregnant pushing something the size of a watermelon out of your coochie with a room full of doctors and nurses focus, you know, all of their attention at your private areas that you really don't have anything left to be shy about. Well, you know, that is one argument, of course. But the other argument is communication 
gets better. That as time goes on, you become more open and communicating about your sexual preferences. You'll go through and you'll sit down and have long conversations about sex. You know, you'll talk about your sexual fantasies. You'll talk about the things that you like, don't like. And, you know, you'll also go through and you'll have conversations about things, uh, you know, that, you know, you saw that you thought, hey, this would be great. You know, maybe you got something out of the Kama Sutra or, you know, wherever, you know, but you start going through and you have long-term relationships. now. Through that, while the sex gets better, it doesn't mean that it goes perfectly every single time. There's going to be failures and there's going to be new challenges that you'll have to adapt to. But as you go through and you get to know each other's bodies uh, pretty well, and you know, women, you know, tend to be more reserved uh, when it comes to talking about their sexual desires and preferences, you know, open up because they have that, you know, security of not feeling like they're going to be judged and, you know, they have a more you know, in-depth comfort level, you know, and of course, practice makes perfect as, you know, one of the things that goes on after you get married, of course, is the honeymoon stage where you're going at it like a bunch of jackrabbits because now you're married and you don't need any contraceptives whatsoever. You don't need the condom. So everything is great. Now, maybe for some of you, you get into family planning and you still uh, remain on the birth control, but in any event, you know, things, you know, get better and the problems that lead to, you know, the failures that you had in the past are then rectified through the conversations and rectified, you know, uh, through just getting to know each other's bodies. You know, the guy starts paying attention, you know, more and more to how you respond to everything that he does in bed, unless he is a selfish jerk, you know, in which case, why the hell did you marry him? You know, um, women, uh, they gain more confidence uh, in bed as well as they start to get to know, you know, pretty in depth everything that this guy does and doesn't like and, you know, has the confidence to go off and be willing to try things and know exactly what is going to blow his mind and blow his load. You know, uh, you go through and you start having the confidence to start talking dirty in bed and all of that. You know, when me and my wife, uh, we first got married, she was still, you know, fairly reserved uh, sexually. I mean, she wasn't, you know, too reserved, you know, uh, at that point or overly observed or reserved because, you know, we had dated, you know, for quite some time and had a decent length uh, engagement. During that time, we would have sex. So she had plenty of experience of getting on top, you know, and going through the basic positions you know, as well as, you know, oral sex for foreplay. But when it came to other things, you know, uh take her a little while to warm up to at first. And then over time, she was like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll try that. You know, the first time I bought an outfit, you know, for her to wear, you know, so that we could play dress up, she was completely uncomfortable. She didn't, you know, feel comfortable acting. It felt awkward to her. She didn't really you know, enjoy it. And then over time, you know, when, you know, it comes uh, to bringing out the costume, she would be like, okay, you know, whatever. She would go through, change it on, and then we would go through the role playing. You know, was she a cheerleader? Was she, you know, um, an inmate in a prison? Was she the secretary or whatever it was, right? And so it took her some time warming up to it because 
part of it was being self-conscious about her own acting skills and being able to go through with it, but also some of it was, you know, not wanting to lose the sense of control. Now, you know, while, you know, you could say, well, she didn't have much control when she's on bottom or didn't have much uh, control and doggy or whatever. It wasn't like she was being handcuffed and, you know, bent over where she, you know, wouldn't be able to stop when she wanted to stop. You know, it took her, you know, some time, you know, to develop that trust. And then as time went on, we were able to add more and more stuff into the bedroom and her hesitation towards adding those things into the bedroom just went away because we were able to go through and experiment a little more. I mean, before we got married, part of the thing was she, you know, may have thought, you know, her role in the relationship, you know, as far as sexually was to focus on my pleasure. You know, that if she wanted to keep me, it had to be solely about keeping me pleasured and sacrifice uh, and satisfied, even if that meant sacrificing her own pleasure and her own desires. You know, uh, as time uh, went on, though, of course, she started being more and more uh, concerned or, you know, putting more importance on her pleasure as well. And, of course, I would go through and oblige by that. You know, and so we started adding in, you know, blindfolds, you know, handcuffs, ropes to be tied down with, bondage sets. We started introducing vibrating toys, you know, because we had that comfort level and you know, also having, you know, more experience at that, it led to less and less disastrous outcomes. Not to say that there wasn't any disasters the first time we were trying something. You know, the first time that we went through to add in vibrators and toys uh, into the bedroom, there were some disasters. Um, I didn't have uh, any experience, you know, with vibrators or sex toys. And so I didn't know about how gentle I needed to be when going ahead and using them uh, inside of her to help warm her up, you know, or how gentle, you know, I, I needed to be because, you know, even with bullet vibrators on the outside, because the, I didn't have that sense of pressure or feeling. And so that, that led to a little bit, you know, of uh, pain right there. And, you know, it took her some time uh, to get used to, you know, being tied down. But then she, after a while, she found it to be very exciting. You know, but we had some failures uh, with the bondage set when we first tried it. For instance, I tried to strap down uh, her hands and her feet. Well, you know, that doesn't really work too well because it doesn't really uh, provide a whole lot of room to get the right angle, you know, for entry and all that, uh, at least not without some sort of wedge or something to prop her up. And, you know, even at that, and when I say that, I should uh, mention that the bed matters. You know, how soft is the bed? I mean, if you're going to tie down both the hands and the legs and you're in a bed that, you know, let's say a pillow top bed. And so, you know, you sink down uh, just a little bit, you know, it, it, you realize that it's not necessarily uh, going to be very productive. And so it took us, you know, some time to realize that, OK, we'll just tie down the arms and leave the legs free for me to move, adjust and all of that, uh, you know, as we see fit, you know, as needed. And then that turned out to work. And then we started mixing and matching, you know, everything. But none of that happened in the beginning. You know, none of that happened in the initial, you know, dating stage. And that didn't really happen too much, you know, when it came to, you know, our engagement. You know, because there was still that self-conscious self-awareness. 
and we didn't know to talk about sex. You know, one of the things that helped uh, open up communication in our relationship, you know, and allowed us to open up communication more in our sex life was actually taking up a class in personal finance and learning to work together, you know, on money. And doing that, you know, we took, you know, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University and that level of communication allowed us to open up more uh, with each other about other areas of our lives, such as sex. And then as we opened up, you know, more and more about, you know, our sexual desires and everything, we were just able to open up, you know, communication about all aspects uh, of our marriage. And we were able to build on that and create that foundation. But, you know, I guess uh, part of the point that I'm trying to make here is, you know, at, at first, at the beginning, you know, the and when you're starting each relationship, it doesn't matter how much experience you have, you know, sexually uh, prior to that relationship. You know, you know, when you start a new relationship, you have to get used to uh, each other. You know, everybody has different things that that they like. You know, and you can't just assume that the other person, having plenty of experience, has the experience doing the very things that you like. That just develops over time. And there's going to be a lot of failures uh, along the way. You know, my God. You know, if I can uh, point to, you know, some of the failures. Uh, again, you know, one of the things that, you know, I have had to get better at is becoming more spatially aware. I remember, you know, one time I thought, hey, you know what? This is going to be a great move here. You know, I'm on bottom and everything. I'm going to go ahead and grab her. And, you know, uh, while I'm throwing her down uh, beside me, I'm going to be rolling up to get on top of her. And I'm not going to, you know, uh, fall out whatsoever. I'm going to be able to pull off this maneuver while I still remain deep inside of her. Well, I probably should have been more aware of which way we were rolling and how close uh, to the edge of the bed that we were because while well, I went off uh, to pull the uh, maneuver uh, off, I was able to grab her and, you know, as I was throwing her down, I was rolling myself up. I, you know, slipped out, you know, and then I lost my balance and fell off the bed. All right. <laughs> okay. Yes, I know. We can look back at that and think about how hilarious uh, that is now, but I can guarantee you, that did not seem uh, all that hilarious at the time. I mean, I, that kind of ruined that night as I hurt myself. You know, I hurt my back. I was bruised. I was, you know, kind of uh, sore a little bit and probably because uh, the, of what I fell on beside our bed. You know, that was not a fun experience. But, you know, I was willing uh, to try and make that maneuver and, you know, it didn't go too well. You know, and we could say that, you know, that would be the last time I would do that. But no, I just decided to learn from my failures and, you know, become more spatially aware of my surroundings. You know, and so even, you know, during the first few bits of marriage and you've been together for quite some time, there's going to be failures. The best thing that you can do is communicate, you know, uh, about it uh, so that you can reduce that amount of failures. But one of the things uh, that we also did in our marriage is that we talked about our prior sexual relationships and our prior sexual encounters. And we made sure to highlight, you know, the failures. We made sure to go through and talk about some of the things uh, that have gone terribly wrong uh, during sex. 
You know, uh, especially when it comes to things that went terribly wrong in prior relationships when trying it, but in wanting to try and experiment with each other. We would talk about, you know, uh, exactly what went wrong, how it went wrong, what we think or why we thought it went wrong, and then we would plan out how we could try and avoid those failures going forward. This is part of the communication outside of the bedroom, communicating your, you know, what it is that you want to do, how you're going to do it, you know, what, you know, what we think we can expect and, you know, what we think uh, could go potentially wrong and very, very wrong. You know, so don't try and hide your sexual failures uh, from your partner. Be open about it, especially if they're wanting to try something that, you know, you only tried in a prior relationship and it went horribly wrong. Right. So don't be, you know, hiding that fact and going, please, 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 please don't let it go wrong. Let it just go right this one time. Please, please, please. You know, uh, you know, just be open about that, you know, because it's that consistency and the fact that, you know, you have the opportunity to fail and get another shot. I mean, if you're on a one night stand, you know, and or you're. You know, just getting um, the first time having sex and you fail and you fail miserably, chances are there's not going to be another opportunity. But when you're in a marriage, you're committed. And so if you, you know, have a disaster sometime, right, and it goes horribly wrong, you at least know you're going to have another shot, you know, at trying to do it and get it right the next time or, you know, you're going to be able to avoid that and still have great sex. You know, and it's just, you know, again, you know, going back between, you know, the how sex goes as a teenager and how sex goes, you know, as an adult who is married, you know, while you may still have lots of experience, you know, as a teenager and in your early 20s, you may have had several dozen partners, you know, uh, at that particular point, or may, may, or maybe you only had just a couple of partners at that point. You know, you can have all types of level of experience. You could be the most experienced woman, you know, at the beginning of a relationship or going into a particular sexual encounter. And you could be with a guy who has a lot of experience as well, and things can go horribly wrong between the two of you. And yet, you could take a married couple, each having the same amount of experience as the two single couple, and things will go incredibly great. It's just because of that consistency with that one person, getting to know each other and communicating about it. And you know, I do want to ask the women in the audience this question. Right? What is your level of confidence sexually between when you were single and now? You know, be honest with yourself. Are you more open about yourself sexually and willing to talk more about sex with your partner now than you were when you were single? Are you willing to talk with your partner more about sex now than you were, let's say, only a year into your relationship? Think about why that is. You know, and think about how much better sex is now after being consistent and being able to talk and being able to get to know each other, you know, physically, intimately, right? 
So, yeah, you know, that's uh, pretty much uh, the episode uh, for today. You know, I just wanted to go through and, you know, think about, you know, over the years, you know, how much better sex has been, you know, with the same consistent person, you know, than it was ever, you know, sleeping around as a single um, one-night stands or even short-term relationships. And that the expectations that experience equals perfection or experience, you know, in and of itself means that you know everything that you need to know about sex is just utter bullcrap. It's not just about how much experience you have because a lot of bad experience is not a good thing, right? It's about, you know, being able to learn from your past mistakes and being able to learn everything you can about your partner and everything that they like and dislike and being able to, you know, hit that consistently, right? And as far as it goes, my wife, you know, I'd say, you know, she is far, far better at sex now than she was even just, you know, five years ago, you know, and more so than just 10 years ago. I mean, we got married back in 2008, you know, so it's coming up uh, here on 11 years uh, of marriage, you know, and sex has even, you know, with having kids and all of that, is still a lot better now than it was at the beginning of the relationship, and it's still a lot better now than it was five years ago. And a lot of that is just communication and being willing to fail and not judge each other for it. You know, and as far as it goes, you know, as I wrap this up, I can think about all the times, you know, when I was single, you know, and short-term relationships where I, you know, had years of experience and things still went horribly wrong, probably about as many times as it went right, right? It, you know, maybe you could say I'm a slow learner, but once I learn something, I learn it great. All right, so uh, that's uh, it uh, for this particular episode. I'd like to thank you so much for your time and attention. Hey, I want to start doing something uh, here shortly uh, where I provide uh, recommendations uh, in the uh, show notes. It won't be uh, this episode, but maybe next episode. I'm going to start providing recommendations for uh, things uh, to add into the bedroom, you know, um, you know, toys, you know, sets and, you know, all types of things. It will be under a section that I will label as wife's recommendations. I wanted to go ahead and put that into this episode, but I got to this episode a little bit later uh, than I wanted to and didn't have time to go ahead and put together uh, a list of recommendations for you. So be aware of that in the future and go ahead and follow me on Twitter and Facebook. It's at Sexmancers or Facebook forward slash Sexmancers. You know, go ahead and, you know, check me out there, hit me up there, you know, ask your questions there, you know, or you can go to the website, you know, sexmancers.com, go to the contact section uh, to be able to submit your questions, your feedback, and, you know, anything that you want uh, me to respond to or answer on this podcast. Thank you so much for your time and attention, 
And I will be back again soon.